0: Welcome to Season 5 of Moments with Moni, also known as The Blogger Domestic Lady. Join your host, Moni, for practical tips from a biblical perspective as she shares all things homemaking to help you cultivate beauty and light in your heart and home. A podcast for the young and young at heart to thrive in the blessed calling as a homemaker and to bring glory to God. Hello and welcome to November. This is Moments with Moni, episode number 134. November is the time that our country as a nation comes together and is thankful for the things that we have and who we worship and for the families that we have and for all the things that we have. So thankful for so many things, especially for Jesus in our lives. I wanted to do so much more this week But we had some problems, some issues here at the house with uh, a shower. So we had plumbers and tile guys and noise, saws and dust. And there's just a mess everywhere. This is not supposed to happen just before the holidays. I wanted my house clean by November 1st. Now I have to wait until these men are done. I'm, I'm thankful, I'm not complaining. I am very thankful we're going to get this shower fixed. But it is going to take time, and I just have to adjust my thinking and adjust my attitude. So I am now trying to record this at the last minute on Tuesday here. You might even hear my husband in the background playing his guitar. He needs to be practicing this week and hasn't had a lot of time for that either. So I hope you can't ignore that in the background. Maybe I can wash it out here when i try to clean up the recording but i don't have a lot of time so what i wanted to do was come to you and talk to you about our homes during the holidays a best place for us to be is in our home and being hospitable for other people having our homes clean and as clean as we can get them and even if it's just tea and cookies on the platter, on the plate, to be friendly, to be hospitable, to invite your neighbors over, to invite your friends and family over, to be a part of other people's lives and share Jesus in all that we say and all that we do. And the best example that I can share with you right now is Sue Donaldson. I interviewed her last year, and I realized since I don't have enough time to organize this podcast this week because of all that's going on around this house, I think I will just do a repeat of the episode that I had with her. You will be so blessed by her heart, and I hope you stick around to listen to this one more time to be reminded that our homes are a good place to be hospitable, but most of all, our hearts to be hospitable, Jesus was the first one to invite us, and now we can turn around and invite others into our lives and to his as well. So be blessed as you listen to my interview with Sue Donaldson. And if you're blessed, please share it with a friend. Well, hello, and welcome to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here. Today Thank you we so have much. a special speaker, and she is Sue Donaldson. Um, And she lives in San Luis Obispo, California with her husband, Mark. Sue taught high school English, part of the time in Brazil with Wycliffe Bible Translators. She and her husband, Mark, have raised three daughters who keep them at the bank and on their knees. (laughs) Sue loves connecting people to one another, to God and to his word, and has been speaking for the last 20 years or so with long pauses for babies, diapers, and soccer pasta parties. That's wonderful. She blogs at Welcome Heart, Knowing and Showing the Heart of God.
1: Welcome, Sue Donaldson. Thank you so much, Moni. It's delightful to be here.
0: Oh, thank you. You look so warm and cozy in your home there. Winter has finally hit here. It's snowing, and there's a swirling globe of snow outside my window.
1: I envy you looking at that, though I always say I like the idea of snow. I'm a California girl, and I do get cold easily, but we had 100 degrees last week and it was way too hot. So we're so thrilled. I finally was able to make chili and apple crisp over the weekend because it was cool, finally.
0: I remember those days. I grew up down there. Yes. Oh,
1: well, um, you did?
0: Yes, yes. But that was in Southgate, right along the Com- Compton Railroad tracks in the 60s. during. The I riots. Was,
1: I'm was. i from Palos Ferties. Are you? So, yeah, that was close to the riots. That's right. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm glad to be up here in North Idaho. But I'm also glad for technology that can bring us together, even though we're so far apart. Yes. Yeah. So on Moments with Moni, I've been doing testimonies with Moni recently, but we're switching over to a Heart and Home series. Okay. And we met through the Christian Podcasters Association recently and really enjoyed listening to you. And you reached out to me, I think, before I could reach out to you about sharing, uh, about a topic at home. So, uh, whether it be in our hearts, that gives us a mindset for that or something outward that we can do. And I think we agreed on, uh, growing old gracefully yeah, or something one. like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully at any age we're being graceful. Isn't that right, Moni?
0: <laughs> Amen. There's always someone younger or older than us, right?
1: I say that every time I speak on mentoring because I think that uh, women are afraid at any age. They don't think anybody else wants to hear from them Uh, or they think they're really not that old. Uh, But, you know, there's always someone younger that we can come alongside and share what God is doing in our lives to encourage them. Don't you find that to be the case?
0: Oh, I do. And sometimes it isn't even our actual age it's our maturity in Christ, I think that um, determines whether we're the older or the younger
1: right, right. I didn't get married till I was thirty five so um I'm a late bloomer uh but even before that time, the lord um i through loneliness I think i in a lot of, i invited a lot of people over to my home just because I needed to make friends, and I moved quite often and when you move, you know what that's like, maybe it's been a while for you, but you have to make a whole new home for yourself. As a single person, it was more difficult to get involved in church because often churches are made for families. And I understand I, did, I didn't resent it. I just thought, okay, these people aren't inviting me over. And if I were, and if my mother were here, she would invite me over <laughs> because I was raised in a hospitable home. So I just started inviting uh married ladies over to my house on weekends because I worked full time and I didn't have a lot of money. And so I started doing brunches. You know, breakfast food's not so expensive. It's not steak and potatoes. It's like eggs. And they were kind of surprised I could cook. And I, I guess I could cook. I could read. That's the way I look at it. I could read a recipe, you know. And the cool thing about it was that God then made me part of these women's lives and this is mentoring you know they didn't know it they were like happy to get out of the house on a saturday morning and come to my house i was thrilled to be to make their acquaintance and then become their friend and only by the time i left that church that was in whittier california i i had about six women who would drop anything really to take me to lunch when i would call with a boyfriend problem or a career problem or just wanted to talk to them about Jesus. And that was really hard to leave that area because of those older women who were my mentors. We didn't call it that then. We called it discipling, mm-hmm. but they, I just called it, they love me and they'll, they'll treat me when they take me to lunch. You know, that's what I called it. And yeah. what a joy that was. And then when I went to Brazil, I had to start the whole thing again and start having people over. So that's part of my um, home story is that we open our homes for the sake of the lonely. And so that's. I don't know if you want to ask me anything about that, but it's, I've Absolutely. continued to do that.
0: Yeah, I yeah. was going to ask you here, now, what does it look like, hospitality, you mentioned there, inviting people into your home? How different does it look here in America compared to Brazil? Because I know uh, growing up from a German family and being part of that German culture, is completely different than America. Um, so can you describe some of that?
1: Well, in Brazil, actually, I found it in many countries, they're, they're, they can be a lot more hospitable than Americans. Um, we keep our distance as uh, Americans. We don't want to be too nosy, mm-hmm. ask about too personal things. We don't want to come unless we're invited. We rarely have people just stop by, whereas I feel honored if someone stops by as long as they don't mind how the house looks. <laughs> and so uh, in Brazil, they really wanted me to speak their language, and that was difficult because I was only there two years. But the, when the Brazilians who became my friends also spoke English. So the language thing is something that uh, hindered a, a lot of closeness. But uh, I just love the Brazilian people. They're just so warm and wonderful. And whenever I see one here in tiny town where I live, I'm immediately drawn to them. In fact, we've had students live with us from Brazil. And so it's just a great thing. But that's one reason I speak on hospitality and write about it is because um, people need to people need each other, women especially, I think.
0: Yes, I agree. And you have so much experience here. I mean, starting out as a single woman and inviting others to come share your home with you, and then raising three daughters. <laughs> um, how, how did hospitality look at that point?
1: That is such a great question. I thank you for asking. I was speaking to a mom's group. I it may have been MOPs uh, last November in Southern California. And I did a QA and a at the end, and this gal just quickly raised her hand, and she said, should I wait until my – I have four kids. She said, should I wait till they're grown before I start doing everything you just told us to do? I said, oh, heavens no. I said, I did hospitality when my kids were little because I got bored. I mean, I was a professional or whatever. You know, you have a job and you're around a lot of people. But I read something um, James Dobson – wrote when I had my first child, and he said, being a mother of a young child is like living on a desert island. And I so agreed, because especially now during COVID, those poor moms, you know, they can't get out and or have people over into their homes, they, they need to create a little bubble. But I did just hear our mops group here in town, 19 moms got together in the director's backyard. And they were like, so thrilled to be together. And of course, without their children, Not that we don't love babies, but we need someone else. So uh, when I was a mom of young children, I would have other moms that I would meet at the park or from church just over for coffee and coffee cake or something. You don't have to do anything fancy for my own sanity, Moni. I don't know if you have children or not, but you just need a little sanity. You need some adult conversation. And of course, we always shared tips like, what do you do about this? And what do you do about that? And now I have a neighbor next door to me with two little ones and she she wants to walk with me every week and just pick my brain. I thought, you know, I don't really remember when my kids were that age, but I'm happy to listen to you. You know, they mostly, women just need someone to listen to them.
0: Yes, so true. Because we, like you said earlier, sometimes we think that people don't even want to hear what we have to say.
1: Right. We're just right.
0: Busy, especially at that age of motherhood when you're busy changing diapers and Cleaning bottles and cleaning up after them constantly. Constantly.
1: Yeah. Yes. So, in that rut. <laughs> yeah. And nowadays with COVID, I've just been, um, well, we don't have very good landscaping. So it's embarrassing to invite someone to my backyard, but I could do it in the evening. I asked my husband to hang some lights in the tree and he did. And then I found an old uh, shabby chic type chandelier in the attic and we hung that in the tree it doesn't light up but you know the other lights light it Uh and we had 12 women over and we just talked about i like to ask questions money i think it gets the the conversation down to a little more intimate level and the women i invite don't necessarily know each other nor do they go to church some do some don't so i don't want to ask like well what have you read in the bible lately i don't ask that kind of question i'll ask like how are you dealing with uh, stay at home with your kids? Or how? what have you found out about, what strength have you found in yourself through this hard time? And they all shared. And some were laughing and some were crying. And, you know, it was it's true community. But then my daughter got mad at me because I had too many and we we're sitting too close together. So I have to adjust. You know, now my kids get mad at me like the way I used to get mad at them. So that's just-
0: Well, I think they're just trying to take care of you.
1: I know. <laughs> I need to be better.
0: Yeah, you know, I think my husband, I think I have a project for him to enclose our front or back porch and then put in lights and a little fireplace and that way we can sit out there even
1: when it's snowing and have people over. Good for you. And that very day I went down to Home Depot. My niece was visiting. Oh, because she was from Monterey area. She and her husband and four kids came and lived with us for a week because of the fires. Mm-hmm. So I felt like here I am taking in this family. Yeah. And at the same time, I'd already invited all these women over and she wanted to stay because she wanted to see what it was like. So she and I went down to Home Depot and we bought the cheapest um, heater that we they offered. And and I was surprised we needed it because we had warm weather during the day. But at night, it gets a little chilly because we're on the coast. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So that was a great evening. Oh, sounds lovely.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know I have two sons grown, they're 30, 35, and then we have eight grandchildren from the oh. oldest who lives here. So Wonderful. for us it's feast or famine. And yeah. yeah, I try to help her out, mom and dad out, just to give them some sanity once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. they're twelve and under. Uh-huh. Oh, those well, eight.
1: I love your theme growing old gracefully, because I've known older people who were not very graceful as they got older. You know, there's that whole, um, I can't remember the word for it, but someone who is not acting very nice and they get away with it because they're just grumpy, Mm -hmm. you know. And I thought, well, I guess mentally that could happen to me, Mm -hmm. but I hope not spiritually. I hope that I will be reminded not to be that way when I get older, but I guess people would say, you're already older. You know, where we think we have the right to say whatever comes into our minds. I remember saying that to my mom. I go, Mom, what makes you think we really want to hear every single thought that came into your head? And she just thought that was so funny, but I was serious. And and so that well, I, you know, we are our mothers after all, mirror, mirror on the wall. But I want to I guess the only way to grow gracefully is to continue to be in God's word and that He would remind me when I'm not being gracious and when I'm not being kind with my words and when No one has really asked for my opinion to wait until I'm asked.
0: I agree. I agree. There's, I looked into this, of course, when I wanted to share it and that's my heart the same way, but the world gives us a different option. And a lot of people are falling into that with fake parts all over and, oh, yeah. You know, the makeup, Uh of course, you know, I remember it was Chuck Smith once who said, you know, ladies, if the bar needs painting, paint it. If you feel better with a little bit of makeup, go ahead. My Stop pastor them. said the
1: same. He must have gotten it from Chuck Smith. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. But, you know, it's the inside of the person that God looks at, just like with, mm-hmm. with Paul. The people wanted um one that looked tall, dark and handsome, but his character wasn't there. It's not the one that God wanted for them. But Mm -hmm. they wanted a king. So choosing, I think, is really, really important. Everyday choices, every moment choices affect our mindset and -hmm. our past experience, I think, affects our mindset of what and who we are becoming. Mm -hmm. But there is a time when we can stop and stop doing things our own way, like Adam and Eve did, you know. Right,
1: right. And some submitting to him every day. It's a a daily thing. It's not just something when I go to a conference or hear Beth Moore or, you know, get convicted by a sermon. It's a daily thing. I'm learning to say every day, help yourself to my life, Lord. Kind of like when someone comes to your house and there's extra food and you say, help yourself. You want them to feel so comfortable that they help themselves. Well, I want God to be welcomed into my life where It's not just for an event, but it's for daily life. That One thing Swindoll said was that the trouble with life is that it's so daily. And we forget (laughs) that the daily things that we do, which is, you know, taking care of our family or loading the dishwasher, not being um, upset when the dishwasher breaks like I was last Sunday. And um, yeah, so you just have to go, wait, why did I have that crummy attitude? It's not my husband's fault that the dishwasher is broken and good grief. You're just cooking for two. You know, what's the big deal? And I want to give you something else that I just learned, Moni, if you don't mind if I share this right example. Ahead. A friend of mine in uh, Florida, she and I both write for the Joyful Life magazine, and I read her article, and it was called something about gratitude. And I thought, okay, here's our article about gratitude. You know, I write about this too. But it really blessed me. She said that she had had a bad attitude, and she realized that God said to come into his presence with Thanksgiving. You know, that's a common a familiar psalm and she started writing down what she was grateful for only for the day before and Moni, i'm i love journaling and everything but i'm not good at like writing down a thousand thankfuls you know like that wonderful book i forget and uh, maybe that's part of our growing older is that we forget but i can remember from the day before and so lately in the last i would say the last month and a half i start my quiet time with writing down what I'm thankful for that happened just the day before, just the day before. And it's usually just, you know, a half page, maybe six to 12 things. That's it. But if I start reading my um, Bible study or start reading my devotional, and then I go, oh, I forgot to write my gratefuls. It just can, when we're grateful to God, no matter what trouble we're in, that helps us grow old gracefully. So that's a tip that has helped me. Good. Yes, I'm sure it will the listeners as well. I think
0: going from the young motherhood to teenagers at that point, even then as we grow old, older, um, sometimes we have difficulty because at that point, I know I was in that sandwich era of taking care of teens and taking care of my in-laws uh, for a while. And then even after the sons grew up and moved away. Then I had my mother-in-law with Alzheimer's at home. Oh, so hard. It it was hard. It was difficult for my husband and I at home, Um, but it was so worth it. And Mm -hmm. she accepted the Lord just before she kind of lost most of her memory. And my father-in-law died. So she stayed with us for the last few years of her life. And it was difficult, but I saw the beauty and the grace in her life. She was Mm -hmm. always a very kind, kind woman, but now she was a saved, kind woman. Mm -hmm. And I had time to read um, Ruth to her because we were always good friends. And then I had time to read through the book of Revelation to her, the good parts of what home was going to be like when she gets there, because she was
1: interested in that. Mm -hmm. So
0: yeah, um, teaching the Bible, I think as we grow older, whether we're the younger or the older, sharing it with another generation
1: Mm -hmm. is
0: important. Mm
1: -hmm. And you'll be, uh, I've been surprised by women who don't even go to church or wasn't, weren't raised in church. They still have questions Mm -hmm. and the answers are often in the Bible. I just took a walk with a neighbor last night and we were talking about feminism and, and who we are as women. And she was quite open to hearing about who we are as children of God. You know, when you become a Christian, you don't really need to worry about uh, certain things because you know your identity is in Jesus. And for her to say, oh, I'd like to know more about that, I came home and I thought, wow, that was such an open door and such a privilege. And it behooves me to know the word more and more myself. So when those opportunities happen, like you were able just to know where to read to your mother-in-law. Uh, shortly before she wasn't even able to understand, though we really don't know how much they um, understand. And your story reminds me of someone I've gotten to know this last spring. Her name is Claire Kerrigan, and she and her husband could not have children. Um, She was always in publishing and marketing, but her dream was to start a Christian women's publication. And part of it was... um, caregiving, which is what you were. You were a caregiver and we, your caregivers need care. Yes. And so one of her articles is always about that. And so she started a magazine called Oh, Wondrous Grace Chronicle. And so part of it is hospitality, part of it is caregiving, and it's for the women in midlife. So I highly recommend that. I'll send that link to you because I don't get any credit for it. I'm just saying it could be an encouragement to your listeners that life is not over at 50. She started the magazine at 50 and uh it's beautiful and it gives you a new lease on life to say hey what else does god have for me
0: oh i thank you yes i will share it with the listeners and yeah. i personally will take a look at it cuz i yeah. am headed for 60 next year and
1: yeah uh, i never spring, thought spring chicken i'm 68 so
0: yeah <laughs> and i'm just starting podcasting this year so so proud of you yeah and you too you are yeah. the
1: same i've da- i started a year ago this month and i'm still surprised at myself, but uh, it's been a great thing because during COVID, you can't, I can't do speaking events. I did one two weeks ago, but that's very uh, um, uncommon. You know, people are still afraid and I understand that. So this is one way for the word to still get out and to encourage people.
0: Absolutely. I remember talking with a young teen girl. Well, I guess she's a little older than that, a young lady. And uh, she looked at me, and she says, where have I been? You have a podcast? Mm-hmm. At least she knew what a podcast was. 50% yes. of America doesn't know, or at I that know. point didn't know what a podcast was.
1: Mm-hmm. We're,
0: we're getting better. We're getting out there, getting the word yeah. out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, getting the word out and encouraging people while they're making cookies or doing the laundry or whatever, they can do something else while listening.
0: It's a good tool. Exactly. Mm-hmm. My um, niece came to visit this last summer and she gave me some little earplugs Oh, what do they got? Bluetooth. Uh-huh. And so now I'm able to listen while I'm working
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I find that I can continue my education. I can continue learning about so many different things, whether it be the Bible podcasting or um, art, my grandchildren, I like to teach them art. Uh, German. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. So growing older, it's a good thing to not fall behind our brains are uh, made. God wants us to continually learn. I think we'll be learning about him forever. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Well, gonna- I remember a morning when I didn't even know what email was. I mean, that was many years ago. But a friend said, well, can't you email? Because she was a missionary in uh, Singapore. And I go, well, I'm not sure I can. And so, of course, since that time, uh, there's been, at that time, it just sounded too hard. But when you start something and do it step by step, I think you and I are examples of that where, you know, someone just said, well, here's a microphone and plug it in and start interviewing. And we have, and I've found that uh, men and women like to be asked the questions that I ask. Can I tell them about my podcast, why Why I chose this particular yeah, topic? Is that okay? absolutely, sure. Um, it, it's kind of interesting. We were at a Bible study with our small group uh, two years ago, two and a half years ago now. And uh, you know how you always share prayer requests at the end. And so a couple of them were saying how their parents were beginning to fail, kind of like talking about what we were saying about your mother-in-law, uh, mentally as well as physically. And I turned to one of them and I said, well, Dan, how, how old your mother? Because my folks have, had both passed, so I'd already been through that process. And he said, well, she's 87. Well, I immediately stopped thinking about her and him and praying for them. I just thought, I'm 66 and I'm going to be 67 this year. That means I only have 20 years, if that of cognitive viability left, where I could even spell cognitive vibe, where I could even pronounce it, even know what that is. And I started right then inviting people over that I knew and loved and asking them questions about how to make your life count. Because we need to be doing that now, not when we're 87 and about ready to lose our minds. And I mean, the Lord could take us home tomorrow. I'm not saying that I have 20 years. I don't want you to think that. So then those questions turned into my podcast called Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, because I don't think um, this is something to think about. Well, this is what I'm going to leave my children in my will. And so I really interview people all ages because we are living our legacy now, whether or not We are doing that intentionally and people, my kids picked up things from me far more than they were taught by me. I mean, I taught them a lot of things, but what they really remember is what they lived alongside of me. So uh, it's so exciting for me every time I, I interview someone and I ask the same four questions and they're always different interviews because I just say, what legacy are you leaving or living right now? How are you going about doing that? And what obstacles did you have to overcome to leave that kind of a legacy? And it's it's been fascinating to me. I don't know about the listeners, but it's been really encouraging to me to live a legacy life.
0: That's beautiful. And I was thinking about that when you mentioned the person that you walk with every day now and have conversations with, or she just shares with you, mm-hmm. especially in this age of having to quarantine and shelter it's nice to be able to have these conversations safely on the internet it's a tool yes i know it can be used for evil but it can be used for good too Mm -hmm. and these conversations are fine i grew up with a german family every friday night we had ethiopians germans italians um, sailors, neighbors, all different Wonderful. kinds of people, together, mm-hmm. and boy, oh, boy, would they discuss things about religion and politics and life. But mm-hmm. at the end, they were all still friends and family.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's I th- so it's so good for your children too. While well, you were a child then, so I that was, was good the two. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I learned it, and we did the same hospitality when my husband was in. Uh, in ministry, and opened up the doors to talk with people. But more now, because of this um, situation we're in, I think even now we can, one-on-one, just like this, our conversations will be affecting those that are listening, and others will be doing the same. I think mm-hmm. it's a beautiful way that God is still using us outside of the church walls to be able to affect lives.
1: Totally. And I had one gal I was meeting with, a young mom and she goes, Sue, I love to decorate my house, uh, you know, and getting ready for a gathering, but I'm really terrified once they come in the door, you know, she had the gift of Pinterest, but was shy and people, you know, God has made us all different. You know, not everybody is so talkative as you or I. but it doesn't mean they're not supposed to have someone over. So my encouragement to her was to, for one thing, when the doorbell rings, say, um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me like 40 times as you walk to the door. Walk slowly so you can say it more than once and then ask them questions. And so I've just actually right before we got on, uh, finished up um, a book called 252 Conversation Starters because it's we're, you know, we're older now, Moni. You're not as old as I am, but we are called to it. To um, empower the younger generations, we're called by Paul and Titus. You know, we're called to live life alongside our Timothy excuse me, and to um, and to help the younger woman. And one way to do it is to help them be hospitable. And so that's why it's been helpful to me, since I'm a talker too, to be able to ask questions and shut my mouth and listen to them because they have things to say Mm -hmm. and I'm a processor out loud. And so I ask them even more questions and I ask them more questions because I'm genuinely interested in them. And when someone is listened to, I think they feel the love of God, don't you? Absolutely.
0: Yes, I know I was the same way. It took a long time before I thought anybody really was interested in what I had to say. But Mm -hmm. then at the same time in ministry, there's a good way for us, even as podcasters, to just be quiet and listen and let it be poured out on the other side as well. But Mm -hmm. I think embracing the new within us, the new... Christ, the new creation, not the new Christ with us, the new creation within us that God has made us new and all the old things we need to put off and get rid of. And that whole new mindset of being a new person rather than being that crabby old person that you mentioned, you know, that we might turn into. Crotchety. Like crotchety.
1: That. that was the word I was going for. <laughs> okay. Crotchety. Yeah, I don't want to be crotchety, but I can if I don't get enough sleep. And we we still have to take care of ourselves. Yes. I, I remember years ago, my my sister-in-law, she's older than I am, and she was always going to the gym. And she goes, I'm going to the gym. It was curves at the time. Uh, for the sake of my grandchildren, because they're still coming. At the time, they were still, she has like 20. And she said, I want to be physically strong enough to relate to them. And I don't have grandchildren yet, but I have to start working on my, I am working on my body just a little bit for self-care, just so that I'm still able to care for my grandchildren. Yes. Lord Lord willing, I'll have some.
0: That is important too, because after taking care of my mother-in-law, my body just went downhill, Uh, went through a lot. And that's different Podcast, but um, because of that, this is one of the, th- the reasons I want to just talk about growing old gracefully, because I know there is that self care portion of it that is important mm-hmm. because I need to do that. i and mm-hmm. then when I got better, when I got on a motorcycle and went off a hill and injured a lot of parts, oh
1: my gosh.
0: like, no, don't be adventurous. I want to be with my grandchildren. Yes, Let's yeah. <laughs> so
1: Bless your heart, oh dear, that's hard. Yeah.
0: Well, that's okay. You know, live and learn, but walking is a good thing. So I'm getting better with that again, too. Although I'm still going with a cane, but you know, anyway, this mindset too of not being that old crabby person, um, mm-hmm. but wanting to be a loving royal priest that God has made us into an ambassador for him, a uh, to walk in his holiness and not our own. I can see that kindness in and through you. So I can see how people would open up to you. But um, not everybody's happy right now. There are Mm -hmm. people that are hurting, people that are stuck inside a home. There's violence going on, domestic Mm -hmm. violence. Um, What would you say to a woman who is undergoing something like that right now?
1: Well, domestic violence, God is totally wanting to help her, and uh, she needs to get help. She needs to get out of the situation. It's just common sense. Um, Dr. Dobson used to call it uh, creating boundaries or something, but I just call it common sense. And if you're in a hurting situation to reach out to someone like Moni or someone you can trust to get you to a shelter and to get the help that you need, I don't think, I mean, we're supposed to submit to our husbands, but not if they're violent. And um, our pastor is speaking on that this Sunday. So I hope all the women are listening to my church, including me. I'm sure my husband's hoping I... Last week, it was like, love your wife. So this week, we get it. But <laughs> Ephesians 5. So yeah, totally. I I just feel like I... Um, I I would pray, I have three daughters, so I pray that they have enough self-awareness not to ever get themselves into a situation like that. But people can be deceitful. And so you, you don't know. And so totally. And then also I feel, I feel sad when the kids are being um, hurt in this COVID situation. So I did hear yesterday from this friend I walked with that they're still providing meals for those children who don't have enough food, and so they would go to school to get their meals. So, I guess they're still doing that kind of an outreach program. But as far as answering your question, cry out to God for help and then do the next logical thing, which is to get help from someone that you can trust. Yes, get out, get out, get out. Yeah, for the sake of making
0: things right in the future, it doesn't mean that you have to divorce immediately. God, mm-hmm. you know, take a look at the situation, get help, get outside. Uh, pastor, a neighbor, somebody, anybody
1: mm-hmm. to help and, you. And forgiveness is, co- of course, on the forefront, but there has to be change. Yeah. You know, it's just not safe. You ha- I think God expects women to be safe in their marriages. And so he would want, he calls us to safety as, you know, that's part of being loved by our husbands and not, I've had uh, someone say how she was emotionally and spiritually um, hurt Because he would use the Bible as kind of a weapon to keep her from doing her own spiritual gifts, and it was just so very difficult. And I said, "Well, I could kind of see that. I could see that in their marriage." And now the marriage has ended. It's very sad. But she just felt it wasn't God leading. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well, Jesus
0: does restore what the enemy came to steal. Yep. So we can, like you said, cry out first get help and see what God does. It may turn
1: out to be something so much better after right. it's been dealt with. Right. But it has to be dealt with. And sometimes those things come out as an adult that you didn't know you hurt were hurt as a child. And so um, you have to go back and get that healed or it'll just keep coming out again. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: So is it worth it? to walk with Jesus all this time in our life, to put ourselves second, to be a servant to others, to be caretakers to others. What do you think? Is it worth it?
1: Oh yeah, it's totally worth it. To me, it's a joy. It's, it's beyond being worth it. It's like, what a privilege. I, when I speak on hospitality I, and mentoring, they, they go kind of hand in hand. I say, you know, if the Lord didn't want us to, do this, to reach out to others, to uh, spend our creative prayer time saying, how can I help someone else today? Then why wouldn't he just beam us up like Scotty in the first day that we're saved? You know, we're here to be ambassadors. I'm not a particularly good ambassador every day, but I'm still here. So God wants me in process becoming more like him so that when I do share I'm sharing an accurate view. I feel like most of the problems of the world would be um, minimized if people had an accurate view of God and an accurate view of themselves. And since I know I can't really do anything apart from the vine, I'm trying to memorize John 15, 1 through 17, and it takes me a long time to memorize these days, but it doesn't hurt to keep going over it because that's meditation. So the whole fact of that, the whole section is about I can't do anything worthwhile unless I'm remaining in the vine. So that's exciting, you know, to know God better every day. I don't every day. But to have that as my goal, um, he just wants me to enjoy him. And then the fruit of that, I like to say ministry is spillage. So that when somebody bumps into me, what will spill out? Myself? No, the new creation. Only if I'm filled up with God. One of my favorite passages is Ephesians 3, where it says 319, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. So if I ask him every day, even before I get out of bed, Lord, fill me up, not just fill me, fill me up to all your fullness. Moni, I don't even know what that means. I don't know what that means to be filled up to all God's fullness. But Paul prayed it, and if Paul prayed it, I can pray it. He wants me to pray it. So if I'm filled up to all his fullness, when the dishwasher breaks, when my child calls, uh, calls me and she has a desperate situation, when the neighbor is me questions I can't answer, that what will spill out will be the fullness of God. And that is a spiritual thing. I cannot work it up. You can't work it up. It's something that we remain in the vine and we ask him to help us. And then when we need it, he gives us the spilling over.
0: Yes, he does. And then there will be that last spillover when we go from this life to the next, there we go. I have worked as a CNA in the past and then also seen family members die. Um, and you can see those that have the joy of the Lord within them as they go. Mm -hmm. It is a beautiful thing. And others fight tooth and nail because Mm. they know what's ahead. Scary. It is scary. So I'd really encourage anyone that's listening to truly take to heart, um, the words of Jesus. Just open up the book and start reading it. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned earlier, um, Titus 2, that part was that women may teach the young, the the women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet and chaste, keepers at home, to be good and obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Mm -hmm. People are, we have as women of God, wives, moms, we have a great responsibility Mm -hmm. in this life to be hospitable, to age gracefully, biblically graceful, Mm -hmm. so that um, we can be that open book that people can read, because they may not pick, the world may not pick up a Bible and start reading it, but they can see Jesus in you. Mm -hmm. So what would you tell the listeners? um, Where to start, I guess, in the Bible? How did you get started on this road of wanting to be hospitable and be a godly woman? Well,
1: I, uh, God showed me a verse in college. It's in Psalm 73 and towards the end. And he says, whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides thee. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And I wrote in my Bible next to that. This is not true of me yet. That was such a beautiful scripture written by the psalmist. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there's none upon earth that I desire besides thee. I thought, nope, that's not true. I do desire other things, other people before God. But I want this to be true of me. So that was at one, that was at one point, probably I was 20 years old. And then... Um, and then I read Ephesians 3.20 where it says, and now unto him who was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think to him, be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. And so I started asking him, Lord, what else, what else more do you want from me? And then I, he, he, he often will just say, just relax, you know, I want to give you who I am. And, and, uh, and then, well, I guess this is all based on scripture, which is a good thing. Uh, uh, I think it's in Corinthians where it says that we are to be his ambassadors. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so when my, my daughters would bring their non Christian friends in, I would want my house to be my house to be an ambassador. You know, if you can actually make your house a metaphor where they would know it was a safe place, where they know I wouldn't condemn them because they act differently than me or their parents do, where they know that if they were allergic to chocolate, I would make a lemon cake where they would know where my kids would know they could have the sucker pasta party at our house because I was willing to do the work. And, um, so I would say for the woman, just starting out, read the scripture, as you say, read John 15, uh, the book of John, of course, but I just especially love Ephesians because he tells us who we are the first three chapters and then tells us what to do the last three chapters. You know that. Yeah. And, um, And we could spend the rest of our lives in those first three and last three. Let me tell you, I mean, our pastor is just ending up on Ephesians, but we could start right over again once he's finished. It has that much to give us. There is never, there is no end to knowing God. And so I just interviewed Eric Nevins for my podcast. And he said he spends several months in maybe five verses. And and his is called the halfway, something like that. Because we're always halfway there. There's always more to know of God. So yes. yeah, it's exciting to grow older when, when you know, you're going to see Jesus, like you mentioned, but I have older women in my life. I have a uh, 85 year old mama Mabel in Denver and she'll pray for me every day. You know, that is, we all need someone like that. We all know someone older and younger who we can pour into and who can pour into our lives.
0: That's beautiful. I think that's a perfect place to stop right there, but I would love right. for you to share uh, with my listeners where we can find more about you.
1: Okay. Um, my blog is welcomeheart.com, and uh, I don't know how soon you're going to publish this, Moni. Do you know? A couple weeks at most. Maybe Okay. next Friday. If it's before the 31st, which is a week from tomorrow, I'm having a friends and family sale on all my digital products, which is 25% off. So I have a lot of products to empower you to be hospitable. And then uh, my books are on Amazon, but they're also on my shop. So it's welcomeheart.com and uh, I'd love to speak it once the places get open uh, mm-hmm. that's my joy is speaking in person but of course the Lord knows what you know how many more years he wants me to travel but um so it's welcomeheart.com and then my podcast you can find anywhere you find a podcast which is make it count living a legacy life
0: oh well I'll have to try and get this out early so they can take advantage oh. of your sale
1: we all like a sale yes we do. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> I'll <laughs> I'll send you the information.
0: Okay. Thank you so much, Sue, for joining us on Moments with Moni. I appreciate all your wisdom and your kindness and helping us to, with a new mindset to grow old gracefully. Can't do it without Jesus. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moments with Moni. If you would like more information, I invite you to check out the show notes on the podcast or the blog at momentswithmoni.com. And please share it with a friend.